Welcome to another episode of the Strange Sessions. Uh, as always, I am Krista. With me is Kurt. Kurt, how are you doing? Hi, strangers. I am hanging in there. Hanging in there. You're on the cusp of spring break. I just started spring break it's today. very exciting. It I is. technically am also on spring break. It's not as exciting when you have a full-time job. It is, but it's so hard because like this whole week at work has been rough. Kids are off the hook oh. bad. I'm sure like, bad, it's bad. the cusp of spring break. And uh, I was like, I cannot wait to be done with, I just want, I just want every, all this kids gone out of my yeah. hair. And at the end of the day, like students were coming up and giving me a hug. And then you feel bad. And, and you're like, like, well, crap, it. and I'm going to miss these guys, <laughs> you know. And so it's only a week. At job. least you actually get off work. Uh, my spring break just means I don't have to do homework when I come home. Yeah, I'm just going to clean my apartment. That is my plan for spring break because one of my students, Emily, spring always cleaning. yells at me. Yes, because she always yells at me and she says, Mr. K, do you want to get evicted? But I'm glad everybody liked my swaggy K picture that I... Yeah, that was <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, it's funny because every now and then I'll be sitting in the back room and one of the students will walk by, take you know, grab my cap and turn it sideways and be like, swaggy K. That's funny. They're but making you hip and whatnot. They are making me hip. I got I got cred now with the youngsters. Yeah, I guess. street cred. I got street cred. <laughs> hey, just a reminder, if you're new to the show and you don't want to sit through our titillating 20, as we like to call it, uh, just pause, pause, pull over, whatever you got to do. Check the show notes. Kurt has already posted the timestamp for when the actual topic starts. So. I have in the future. But if you want to hear yet. a taste test and oh, us welcoming new strangers on Facebook, although I think we have like what? Two. Yeah, two. <laughs> it has slowed down. So yeah, stick around. That's all right. Um, Speaking of, <laughs> do we have housekeeping? I just hit my um, head on thing. Um, 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 um. I don't I think we've think never done so. this before. Our, <laughs> should we be thinking ahead about our first listener story episode of the season? I don't know when it'll be. Probably like halfway through the season is okay. usually when we do it. But I feel like we're getting half. Well, I guess it's March. So what yeah. is that? Usually summer. Yeah, usually okay. usually towards the end of summer, actually. Okay, so we don't have to worry about that yet. Um, thank you to everyone who's supporting us on whatever it's called. Coffee, Coffee Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi. We're getting a lot of emails from Patreon that are very interested <laughs> in us coming to Patreon. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because yeah. you get a big chunk of exactly the profits. Nah. Nah. Um, oh, I do want to say uh, thank you guys so much because they have stepped up with the listener questions. Oh, good. And um, yeah, we were running out. Yeah, I saw. I was scrolling through them the other day, and I saw one that is Kurt centric, and I actually have to think about. It, so that'll be in a future episode. Okay. But um, it's going to segue into the next housekeeping thing. But because we got one question that I really liked, and I could, I was thinking I could actually. I don't want to say like enlarge it. I, I, I could make this, I could add to this and this could be like a whole side session. Okay. And then that got me thinking that what Krista and I talked about, we think we're going to do is we have our two side sessions a month. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to keep our first side session will be a researched topic, but researching both side sessions and the strange sessions is a pain in the butt. So I think our second side sessions is going to be a more conversational one. Where maybe we'll do something like like this, like I said, this 
listener question, I figured I could expand it. And all of a sudden I thought this could be an entire side session. So you guys could send us a topic and Krista and I would just do, we would just ramble on about that for a half hour or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a good idea because people like, you know, so many people say that they like the podcast because it's like sitting and listening Listening to two friends friends talk talk in the front seat. So the well, second one, a little one, less work for you. You're doing all the research, unless it's a mini mystery like today. But. Yeah, and uh, I just thought that's better because then we have one that's actually like the the strange sessions, and then we got one that's just you and I chatting, which people seem to really like. Yeah, I think people, the people who are willing to pay money yeah. to listen to stuff, are the same people who like to hear us have a conversation. Yeah. So yeah, and it's just I they love, like the banter. I love it when people write stuff about how when they run out of episodes, they're all bummed out yeah. because there's no new episodes, and, and they, they go start back and listening to the old ones. So that's crazy that means, to me. I know that means so much to us. So it thank does. you guys. But that's what we were looking at doing for the side sessions starting. Or With today's today's is a researched one. This one was fun to research too. By the way, today's side sessions, and this will be posted. Hold on, next week, next weekend. Okay, so April 2nd. Right around April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to say that for, for the topic. Hint, hint. Yes. Um, and then the one after that will be a conversation yeah. one. Okay. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to another app that I never knew this app existed. And uh, one of my students, Haley McBride, she is like one of my favorite little human beings. She's she's 12, a 12-year-old girl, so she is obsessed with anime and manga. Ah, okay. And she basically forced me to download an app called webtoons and told me what what it was and she told me what story to read and it's an app where it's all like japanese manga it's all like anime and wasn't natalie really into yes that? natalie okay. was like she, natalie had me read uh death note which was awesome like i loved the the manga death note and that's I don't want to use the wrong term, but it's like a manga graphic is, novel. Yeah, manga okay. is like the graphic novel. Okay. Anime is like the movie. Okay. You know, like actual but, animation. Um, gotcha. But this this webtoons has like I don't even know how many hundreds of different ones. Uh, and you read it. You know, you you're reading. It's like a comic book thing, but you're scrolling up as you're reading the story. And she had me read one called Killstagram, which is about this like social media girl that ends up being like stalked because she posts everything on, on Instagram mm-hmm. by a serial killer. Mm. And it was actually really good. And now she has me reading one called down to earth about a guy that finds a, a girl alien and it's cute. And like, it's like a romance cute one, mm-hmm. but it's really good. Like I love this app. And a lot of times when I have time to kill, I'll pick it up and I'll, I'll read it. And it has all different categories and stuff. So if you are looking for something to kill some time, Webtoons is a great app. Cool. So thank you, Haley. I told Haley I'd give her a shout out nice. here. Hi, Haley. Uh, and I think that's really all I have for shout outs. Cool. Uh, we welcome- I finally have the um, show notes and the, the, oh, for the gift winner. card for Todd. So that will get sh- shipped out this week. Okay. We don't do stuff fast here, but we, we do stuff. We do <laughs> get it sticker, out. So that I will get say. sent out this week. Yeah. Good. But other than that, I don't think I really have. Yeah. Did, I don't have any housekeeping. Did we talk weather? <laughs> it's, it's, it was it's, snowing this morning. Well, it's March in I, Wisconsin. So it was like 60 degrees one day, raining, yeah. thunderstorms, snowstorms. Yep. A little bit of everything. I, left... I was not expecting it to snow today, though, so I was really surprised when I let Lucy out. Well, I left early today, but a lot of times... It wasn't snowing up by you? No, not yeah. at all. A lot of times, I I don't leave at like the same time every time I come down here, because it's like, what, a 40-minute drive for me to come down here? And well, How fast do you drive? <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to take 40 minutes. Well, the speed limit is 70. 
and I drive a little under 70. Under 70? Yeah. Okay. That explains it. Because <laughs> I, <think laughs> like tw- I think it's 20 minutes from like exit to exit. But I suppose From Manitowoc could... to Sheboygan? Mm-hmm. I think you could add no, another 10 minutes. No, because Manitowoc though, for... to Cleveland was always like half an hour. You drive so slow. I do. I do drive slow. We, we can we can get to Manitowoc in 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. But we drive like 80. Okay. But I always get down. But I'm all the way to the, almost the lake, and you're all the way to almost the lake. Yeah, but the, the lake, thing is, I'm so. always down here early. Yeah, and so he like goes you, and parks somewhere. I go, I go to the Love's truck stop. <laughs> I go. I always stop at the Love's truck stop off the interstate, yeah. and I get like a drink to drink on the way home. And then depending on how much time I have to kill, I'll sit in my car and play a game on my phone. And it's funny Today because... Today I texted you. I'm I know, like, and I'm already sitting there playing a game on my phone. Like, and if it, you're ready, just come over. But We're ready. Because I don't know if it's because of all the true crime stuff, but I like sitting in a truck stop parking mm. lot, always, I'm, a, I'm am I going to die? Right. You know, am I going to disappear? Have your doors locked. Yeah. Park under a light. <laughs> disappear from here. Don't park around back. <laughs> I never park around back. I Good. just park, but it's like, usually it's like, what, 5.30 in the morning? And there's like nobody really mm. there. So it's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always just playing my focus on my game, and I just imagine somebody pounding on my window right. next to my head. But oh, great, yeah, <laughs> that's to worry about. Yep. Uh, anything else? No. Yeah, no if I get abducted me. from the truck stop to come to do the podcast, that we still know where to start my search. Yes, yes. Um, new strangers. Uh, new strangers. Shout outs to our newest strangers, which are Penny April and Morgan Gwynn. So thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome. Penny is in Australia. I remember oh, that. Nice. I think yes. in Melbourne. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. That is really cool. So thank you guys for joining. And just what do we have? Anything else? Uh, taste test. I feel like there was something else with you and I were like, we got to talk about this. And sounds like us. We don't. Uh, I don't remember. All right. Should we jump into the taste test? Yeah. Um, we got to move our, re- get rearranged with the camera and stuff. Okay. There we go. Are we good? Yep. Okay. Our first item. Should we talk about the tea? Is tea. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's the Mothman blend. I need my glasses. Oh, they're right here in front of me. It uh, smelled really good. It, it smelled, smelled to me, it smelled like breakfast cereal. Chicory root and chocolate. No. Yeah. Chicory root. Apparently, I eat chicory root for and cereal. chocolate. It smells amazing. It did smell really good. You ready? It looked like, <laughs> if we did, we said it looks like a urine sample of somebody that really should see the doctor. Yeah, they need to go to the doctor. Because there, are high, little le- red there are high levels of something here. in there. Okay, ready? Ready. Here, let's do a cheers. Cheers. Okay. Mm. Oh, mm. that is really good. That is, re- I even pick up the chocolate actually. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's delicious. This is my favorite one so far. Jim and I were down here. He was hanging up our strange sessions silhouette, and I had one of those. They're like the taste like a vanilla tootsie roll. Yeah, I forgot how good those are. Those are. This is really good. I'm giving this one a, an eleven. I almost because... get a little vanilla in here, and I don't know if it's just because you said vanilla just now, but I, I, I do get <laughs> a little you're vanilla in here. Highly influenced by. <laughs> it has a velvety mouthfeel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, o- sure. Oaky, oaky undertones. Don't... It has oaky undertones <laughs> and a velvety, velvety mouthfeel would be my uh, name I dance under, by the way. It'd be your what? Name I dance under. Velvety, velvety mouthfeel. Mouth wow. Wow. It's my side hustle. Okay. <laughs> Mine is notes of oak. <laughs> just cracked myself up. <laughs> All right. Mm, delicious. Okay. You sent this to us? I can't remember. I can't remember either, but this is so good. Note right here. 
Wasn't this Josh? Jeremy. Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy Ryder. Ritter. I can never remember how to say his name. One of these days. I think I'll it's Ryder, but I, he's. Ryder. I think it's. I, th- I do think it's Ryder, but it's always Ritter in my head. Yes, because of John Ritter. Oh, this is really good tea. Delicious. This is seriously really good tea. It is delicious. Mm. And I mean that. Okay. Next, ready? from the box of Norway goodies. Oh, and remember, for next time, we're going to need a fork. And, okay. And a strong stomach, I'm thinking. Oh, great. Yep. But this one is good, I think. And there's some synchronistic story Not with this one. This? Oh, the okay. synchronistic story is in my pocket. Oh, uh, I don't even know what to say about the name. Bilar? Bilar. Bilar. Severji's gotta taste Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that was spot on. What does this say? English translation. Cars. Oh, they're little cars. They're Oh, they are little. I thought they were sharks. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> it's sweet something. <laughs> sweet cars. <laughs> I thought they were little one. sharks. Oh, Sweden's best car. That's what they're called. <laughs> it's cute. Let so me take Sweden's a picture. Sweden's best car is a yeah. candy. I'm going to take this off so that I can take a picture. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off, baby. I had and such a crush. Off. I had such a crush on the drummer from the Donnas. These are cute. Take it off was a really good song. It was. They had some other good ones, too. I, I thought kind of thought they were like a one-hit wonder, and then... I went down like a YouTube rabbit hole, and I was like, no, they had more than one hit. Okay, I'm just going to dump some out on Dump them out. Whoa, that was way more than I meant to they dump They almost out. looked like... Sweet tarts? No, like... Sweet. I can't think of what candy it is, but it's almost like a marshmallow. It's like a harder marshmallowy thing, like harder than Peeps. I'm taking... I'm oh, taking a red one. They're squishy. <laughs> yes, they're almost like circus peanuts. They have the consistency yeah, of they circus do. peanuts. I don't know if they can see that. That doesn't bode well because circus peanuts are an abomination. They smell like s- marshmallows, yeah. though. Okay, yep. ready? Yep. <laughs> it's I, like a circus peanut. Yeah, I don't like the texture at all. I'm no. not crazy about the flavor either. The red one was good. Yeah. It's. I got to go let the dog in. She's killing me right now. It's a very artificially flavor. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like these. I do. <laughs> You're making a face that says you don't. He's going like this. I do. My face says I don't, but my <laughs> mouth says I do. Oh, my God. I feel like that's how so many bad things happen. I kind of like these. And they do uh, exactly have the consistency of circus peanuts. They're like chewy, but not in like, I don't think a pleasant <laughs> not way. Not in a good way. No. Out of 10? A four. Can I'm going to put g- these back in here. Do you yeah. want to take them home with you? Yeah. I'm going to give them a seven. I can't actually tell if she's outside. I'm going to give him a seven. A seven? Okay. Yeah. Was that, we have one more? Yeah. This is going to rip wide open, just so you know. It's going to be all over your car. These cars? These cars. Are going to be all over my car. Are going to be all over your car. That's like carception. Whoa. Yeah. That oh, that one wasn't nice. so hot. That one I just had wasn't so hot. Those are all yours. This next one is the one that there is a seriously, really weird synchronicity about. Okay. Oh, a, a boot. About. A really weird synchronicity about this one. Is it a Canadian candy? No, it's okay. not Canadian candy. So this week, we have some kids in our class that are a little a little energetic. That rambunctious. Are rambunctious. Okay. And all of a sudden one day, I saw a bunch of them sucking something out of like a green envelope. Okay. And I'm like, what is that? 
and it was these that I wanted to try one. And I was, I was literally thinking last night, I'm like, I should have asked them because I kind of wanted to try that. And they were in our box of Funny. Mexican candies. And I saw them in there and I was like, oh my God, this is really weird. So is it like the Mexican version of what they were eating it probably? Is, it is lemon lime salt. Oh. We just eat it? Yep. It is salt and lemon, lemon salt and lemon powder. This is what they were sucking right out of these envelopes this week. I mean, it's so weird to me because this is exactly what they had. And I was thinking last night, I kind of should have asked them if I could try it. <laughs> and then they ended up being in the box for today. I feel like it should go in a drink or something. It should, but they they were all eating it, like multiple packets of this. I'm not excited about this. But I'm just freaked out by the fact that I wanted to try this. And here it is. And here it is. That in is our really box. weird. What are the odds of it that? It is really I've weird. I've never even heard That's of it. That's why this. when I saw them in there, I was like, whoa. That's a pretty good thing. This is really, really strange. Are you ready? Uh, how did you tear yours? It's got a little perforation or whatever on the you. side. Here, you take this one. Okay, thank you. He gives the stuff to me to open because we all know how good I am at opening stuff. But this is what they were like eating nonstop in class, like multiple packets of this. Oh, yours doesn't have the little perforations. Oh, it does. Yeah, so that's why yours, yours is easier. I'm getting the scissors. Okay. It's lemon pe- it's lemon powder and salt. This is what they were eating all day yesterday and the day before. I'm putting a little in my hand. I'm pouring it right in my mouth. And then I'm licking it off <laughs> my hands. Okay, ready? Yep. Oh. Ugh. Oh. That's like dunder salt. Oh, my God. That's terrible. That's terrible. Oh. I don't even know what to do with this. Oh, my God. My eyes are like involuntarily oh, closing okay that was not what i was expecting no oh oh that hurts if it was sugar it'd be yeah no no nope. somewhat nope. pleasant no, and they were eating gross. this oh my god they were eating that in class you know what you do with this you put Dro- it on the rim of a glass that you're gonna drink a margarita out of but uh, i can't think or, or i could season food with this yeah but i would not just eat it they were just. Was it a dare? No, they were. They were. One of them had seven packets of that during class. This is disgusting. And I was wondering what it tasted like, and now I and know. And it was exactly this. Yep, it was that exact brand. Your kids are weird. Oh, that was god awful. Yeah, that was, I would that almost was, rather eat the dunder salt. That was dunder salt bad. I was Ooh. expecting something completely different than that. Yeah, that was gross. I'm giving it a negative three. I'm gonna give it a <laughs> negative three also. Because it does have its uses, but eating is not one of them. No. Like like I said, I could season oh, that was some bad. food oh, with why that. Why was that in our candy? Why was that in our candy box? Yeah, why is that candy? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, good this Lord. Weird. Put it on your margarita glass. Okay. Oh. Blech. Okay, ready? Are we done with the taste test portion that, of this episode? synchronicity kicked me in the butt. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ugh, no. Oh, my God. I feel like sugar would like have been better. I just got like a weird... Aftertaste? Aftertaste. It's going to be haunting us through the yep. whole episode. Oof. Oofta. Okay, now what? Uh, <laughs> uh, topics, I guess? Yeah. I, now I, I get like this weird that. aftertaste I can't get yeah, out of my it's mouth. Like every once in a while, like a little grain will come out of your tooth and you'll be like... Uh, Right thank back you. In the middle of that taste thank test. you, Synchronicity, for letting me f- try what they were eating. And really, no, I'm sorry, I did. I'm not thanking uh, it. But thank you, Dominique, for sending us the box yes, of. It's still sweet. I don't know why that's candy though. Why is that mixed in with candy? Dominique. 
Was that, that the Mexican box? That was the Mexican oh, okay. box. I got confused yep. about which box we were pulling. Nope, that was the Mexican box. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I feel very unorganized over here. We okay. are going to jump right into our stories. And as we said, <laughs> this is another My Favorite Mini Mystery where Krista picks a topic, I do a topic, and we go from there. <laughs> uh, so I go first? You go first. So I would like to thank Trevor on Instagram for what? mentioning this in a DM. Thanks, Trev. <laughs> we, you now have a nickname. It's Trev. I don't know if he actually listens to our show. He listened to one episode, so I don't know if he... So then he probably didn't want to listen to any more. Yeah, he was like, I'm out. <laughs> he was actually writing me about the Paulding Light and how people he knows, he must that's the episode he listened to, um, have had legitimate experiences with the light, and he feels that it can't be headlights all the time. So again, I just want to say that even though we poo-pooed on the Paulding Light because of like the scientific experiments that were done there, until I see it for myself, I can't say either way if it's real or not real. I, uh, and I, I would still love to visit it. The only thing that we've poo-pooed on that deserves like all the one hundred percent all the poo we heaped upon it was <laughs> the, the, the flat Earth stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that you are not going to convince us. Like no. the Pauling lights, you could convince me that they're legit. I mean, you yeah. really could. The flat Earth that you go to the end and you warp it over to the other side, like Pac-Man. No, I. It's funny. I just stumbled on. I don't know if I was on iTunes or what I was looking at comments somebody had left us a bad rating and they were a flat earther <laughs> and they were saying it was because we didn't even bother to do any research and yeah I didn't bother doing any research it was one episode <laughs> and I'm sorry that there's only so much we can look into before we're like I looked at the research that said it's nuts yeah <laughs> you know every I, yeah, I looked at ones that had flat earth yeah I looked at ones that a lot of the ones articles I looked at and stuff I listened to about it talk and said this is what flat earthers think Mm -hmm. this is why it's not true sure you know so everything was refuted but you know it's kind of like the stuff about whether or not we landed on the moon right which i keep thinking we should have as an actual maybe as a mini mystery because we talked about moon mysteries but we never really jumped into it's a very popular conspiracy did we have we did we land on the moon Mm -hmm. so maybe we'll do that at some point but yeah flat earth is, is the only one that i pish posh yeah totally um but in that same message, he mentioned summer wind because it's not very far from the Paulding Light. And I thought, hey, that's summer wind. I've known about summer wind for years. If you're from Wisconsin and you're into the paranormal, you've heard of summer wind. Yeah. So I thought that'd be, well, we kind of went back and forth about should we include it in the Wisconsin episode? And we just figured it would be a good mini mystery. So, but that, And now I feel kind of bad because I might be poo-pooing on summer wind. I know. But like you said, there's not a lot out there about it as no. far as, but that's the, that is the problem with doing... Like a lot of people, I kind of want us to do an episode about this haunted place alone. You know, this haunted place alone. And there's just not a lot to right. carry an individual episode because a lot of the Every haunted website. places and a lot of the haunted places, it's all the same. It's like this person heard something here. Mm-hmm. This person heard something here. Investigators caught this orb. Yeah. That's all. We, that's all. You know, so that's why it's so nice to be able to bundle those into a strange states episode yeah. where we can talk about them can all. loop it in with yep. the cryptids and all yep. that stuff but i mean i did expect because you messaged me in the middle of the week saying there's just not a lot out there about summer wind no. and i thought there would be so i went and looked and i'm like wow there really is not a lot about summer wind i mean there's a lot of websites that mention it but it's all the same yeah. information yep. over yep. and over again and i thought there'd be like reddit stories saying yeah i would my, my i went there when i was a kid and experienced all this stuff and there's just really nothing there was one there, there was, was one, one reddit story <laughs> Yeah. And I'm going to read it at the end. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't. I was really shocked, actually. Okay. 
Um, okay, so the, the websites that I took all of my information from are WXPR.org, Wikipedia, of course, PIM, the Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee, yeah, who we've worked with. Yeah, we worked with them on an investigation. In Stoughton. Yep. Um, and What Lies Beyond website. So Summerwind, located in Villas County, which is the very northern part of Wisconsin. So do you know where that is? So like, here's the state of Wisconsin, right? It's like up here. Yeah. So if you know where Crandon is, yeah. which is kind of a popular destination in Wisconsin, it's like just northwest of there. So it's pretty far. Um, it was first built in the early 20th century as a fishing lodge along the shore of the West Bay Lake. And before it was called Summerwind, it was known as Lamont Mansion. Yes, I did see that because it was somebody Lamont. Yep. The Lamont family yep. who purchased the building in 1916 as a family slash like summer vacation home proceeded to make renovations and additions and they were the first to allegedly report paranormal activity i'm going to say allegedly a lot <laughs> in this episode apparently servants who worked at the mansion reported hearing voices and claimed they saw like a a tra- the figure of like a translucent woman walking around the mansion's driveway but robert lamont like the man of the house discarded their claims However, apparently, later on, he allegedly fired two shots into the basement door because he saw an apparition there. And the family was said to have fled the home after that incident, never to return. But that could just be the stuff of legends because apparently back in the day, everybody wrote like down their their story of their life. So he had writings that he maintained and he never mentions any of this in those writings. So The man of the house? The, Robert. Yeah, but maybe it's one of those things where you don't want to either admit it or... I feel like back then, though, people were more open to, like, superstition. Wasn't this the time of, like, when spiritualism became a thing and people were doing, like, seances and table tipping and yeah, but I the also early feel 1920s, like I also feel 1900s. like that was, like, uh, the male-centric thing is Maybe. not to admit that there was something you didn't know in your infinite wisdom. It could you know, be. That you, couldn't ex- that you couldn't explain. Yeah, that could be. Um, every website I went to that has a piece on Summerwind, like I mentioned earlier, earlier it says the same exact thing it tells the same stories every once in a while you'll find one like pim their website actually had just a little bit more detail that i don't know where they got that information from though um so the mansion remained vacant through much of the 1930s and was sold to the Kiefer family in 1941 they used it as a vacation home but were never full-time residents it seems like that's the people just use it as it's really far north and usually it was people back in the day it was like people from illinois yeah Bought summer homes in northern Wisconsin. Way up north. Yeah, I remember when I went to see Sophie all those years ago in uh, in Ashland when she lived in Ashland. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know anything about like the northern, very northern part of the state, and I was driving home a different. It's very way. remote up there. Yeah, I was driving home a different way because I went through uh, Wausau on my way there, but on the way back, I went through the northern part, and all of a sudden there was a sign that you are now entering Michigan, and I was like, "What?" Like. <laughs> Like I, I, I didn't, I, I always forget that like the UP is right there. Y- yeah. Like yeah. Northern Wisconsin is Michigan. Mm-hmm. So I always forget that. Yeah. And it's funny when you think about, I don't know where I read this. I think I saw something recently like the UK, you can drive from one side to the other in like three hours. Yeah. It's like really yeah. small yeah. and people, I don't think people realize like Wisconsin I think from here to to the northern Wisconsin is like a six seven hour drive, and we're in the midway point of Wisconsin. So to, to get way, fully to way, yeah, across way. I the to get, state to get up to Ashland, I think it was like a six hour drive, and we're in the middle part of the state. Yeah. So to get from yeah. one 
like top to bottom of our state is like an eight nine yeah. hour drive. When you it's, get to the it's top, a big when you state. get near the top of the state, it is nothing but woods. It's I mean, it is beautiful. It's beautiful, there, but it's very remote. Creepy to drive through at night. Mm-hmm. Very big forests up there, and Lake Superior mm-hmm. is up there. Um, we went to Superior once. That was really cool. There's a huge waterfall there. That'd be I cool. didn't know Wisconsin had waterfalls like that. Don't go chasing them. <laughs> you did there uh, mrs Kiefer, according to the stories was afraid to enter the mansion or the house and tried to avoid it that's all we know about them but beyond that i didn't really find any specific experiences that the Kiefer family had while they owned the property apparently multiple attempts were made to sell the mansion and none succeeded until the 1960s arnold and ginger hinshaw and their six children, and then later Ginger's father, Raymond, lived in the mansion after purchasing it in 1969. And it's from this family that most of the alleged strange occurrences uh, came, the stories. They apparently only stayed in the home for six months. Uh, They reported seeing a ghost of a woman floating back and forth past the French doors leading off of the dining room. I think this came from the PIM website. Um, seeing vague shapes and shadows flickering throughout the hallways, and they claimed to hear muffled voices in empty rooms. But when they would walk around the house to find the source of the the sounds of the voices, of course, everything would stop and they wouldn't find anything. Arnold apparently nailed shut some windows because they were allegedly opening by themselves. Two appliances, a hot water heater and a water pump would break down, but suddenly work again before a serviceman was called to the house. I feel like that's just normal. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) (laughs) my car's making this noise, and then you take it there and it stops making that noise. Yep, it's not a demon. It's just how it is. Yeah. During renovations, the skull of a human with black hair was allegedly found in a crawl space by one of his daughters, uh, but this was never reported to the police, and the skull was never seen again. To me, that just feels like... The stuff of legends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Arnold would apparently play organ very late at night and eventually even quit his job because he was so obsessed with playing this organ. And it's said that the spirits were telling him to do it. Again, I don't know where any of this information is coming from. It just feels like, you know, urban legend type stuff. Yep, exactly. Within six months... Well, so I we'll get to this part, though. There's a book, actually. Within six months, Arnold apparently suffered a nervous breakdown because of all the activity and was sent off to treatment, and his wife was contemplating suicide. She eventually moved to Granton. I don't know where Granton is. With her children to live with her parents. The property was sold back to the Kiefer family, who in turn sold it to the father of Ginger Hinshaw. So this is Raymond von bober senior bober or bobber b-o-b-e-r what do you think your mic is on you're so paranoid about your mic being on but my thing doesn't go off when i'm hello hello i think i would say i would say bober bober okay so when mr von bober began remodeling the mansion to convert it to a bed and breakfast workers were complaining that some of their tools would disappear only to reappear at different locations uh, around the project and the rooms would change length and width on a daily <laughs> basis, forcing an end to the renovations. Th- that to me is like, it's like the classic horror movie. I think The Shining, there's a scene like this where you're looking down the hall and suddenly the hall is longer and keeps getting longer and longer. If you ever want to read a crazy, crazy book, novel, there is a book called House of Leaves, I believe by Mark Jade or Daniel Lewski or something like that. Okay. And it's it's a crazy book. Like Is it a fictional it's book? It's a fictional okay. book, but it's it has 
like there's pages where people are walking down a stairway and the, the writing goes in like a stair step fashion. And you, some of the pages you have to spiral the book oh, around to read. Weird. And the books had the pages have footnotes and the footnotes have footnotes. But it's this guy's this guy that might or might not be crazy. Like he already <laughs> says at the beginning that he's a uh, a narrator you can't trust. Okay. But he talks about finding this I think it was a manuscript that was written by somebody an account of the house they lived in and that's what it was about was the house would all of a sudden they'd come home one day and there would be a room in a place there wasn't a room before you know i mean if that if that happens that is like the craziest thing yeah I've ever heard. so that was like the book the house of leaves is a really really good book that's but it's like crazy. interdimensional but it's, it's, it's stuff like or it's like horror movie stuff is like you know which i can't i i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure i'm on board with buying that the summer wind mansion rooms would change yeah i don't know you know change dimensions sorry i just noticed apparently our order from home depot has been delivered already and i find that very hard to believe we're we're redoing our kitchen Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we have new cabinets showing up today at 5 30 in the morning well it says between 6 a.m and 8 p.m because you know yeah that's a great window to have to sit around waiting for your cabinets yeah (laughs) exactly anyway uh, let's see. So, the, the, of course, the changing of the length and width of the rooms on a daily basis forced an end to the renovations. I don't. That I'm, I'm having a hard time I'm, buying that. Yeah, I'm struggling with that one a little bit. From what I can tell, Ginger's father, Raymond, is the first person who started calling it Summerwind. So that's where the name Summerwind came from as he was retelling the stories of his daughter's experiences. Some versions of the history claim that Bober purchased the property only to abandon it because the mansion's rooms had supernatural power to change. Uh, shape and dimensions but in 1979 bober who was writing under the pen name wolfgang von von bober well it's a mouthful wolfgang von bober (laughs) authored a book called the carver effect a paranormal experience and in this book he claimed that the mansion was haunted by 18th century explorer jonathan carver no idea according to bober's narrative the property was often unoccupied due to alleged supernatural activity and the Hinshaws could not get workers to enter there to do any of the remodeling work. Um, but according to one of Bober's neighbors, he never even lived in the mansion. He never spent a night in it. He lived <laughs> in a trailer that was on the property while renovations were going on. So, again, this sort of takes away from, like, does he even have any experiences to speak of? At least two previous residents reportedly denied claims that the house was haunted. And locals claim that the haunting stories did not begin until after his book was published. In 1980, a Life magazine photo essay included Summerwind. It was called Terrifying Tales of Nine Haunted Houses. And apparently that didn't help. That just kind of spread yeah. the the stories that Bober had already talked about in his book. Which we don't even know if they're true or not. Right. He may have just been trying to sell a book. Exactly. Locals never believed the home was haunted and were dismayed when the home became somewhat of a supernatural tourist attraction. So, of course, it's private property and people yeah. probably to this day are still trespassing on it. Trying is it to still have an up experience. or is it, is it down? No, could, we'll get to that. But people... We'll get but, to that. Ooh, I just ooh, got curted. I just got curted. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm about to talk to it right... Uh, talk about that right now. You're going to talk to it right now. I'm going to talk to it. <laughs> So by the 1980s, Summerwind was ama- abandoned, and in 1988, it was struck by lightning and it burned to the ground. So all that's, that's I don't know current day, but some pictures that I've seen, it's just like a bunch of rubble. I heard it's like a foundation yeah, and some pretty rubble, much. but people still say it's haunted, that like yeah. the rubble pile is haunted. Well, apparently there's some 
legend, urban legend, that if you take a part of the foundation, if you go there and take part of the foundation and take it away, something horrible is going to happen to you. It's like a bad luck charm or something. That sounds like a typical urban, urban legend. legend type thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should go up there and take a piece and put it down here in the strange sessions. Nah. In this strange nah. cellar. No? I'm All good. Right. All right. Some people, of course alleged that it was like deliberately set on fire and burned down to stop kids and vandals from visiting yep. but there are ba- neighbors who at that time remembered remembered being awakened by that storm and hearing the lightning strike because i mean that's not something you miss it's like the whole world just explodes when lightning strikes that close to your house um so i don't know to me it feels like lightning was probably the most likely explanation so I saw other references on other websites about demonic possessions and things like that, but I feel like there's no proof of any of that. I mean, I feel like a lot of this is just sort of hearsay. I feel like there's no proof of any of this, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, when you do a search of Google, a Google search of Summer Wind, though, there's like 248,000 results. So it's like a well-known it is, and location. I, I, there's a lot of like haunted places in Wisconsin, you know, like yeah. lists about, and, and this shows up on all of that, but there's yes. just not a lot of concrete. There's not a lot of substance. L- not a it. lot of substance. A lot of style, um, not a lot of substance. Yeah, it was on an episode of A Haunting as well. Hey, do you know anybody who's visited? I I. I do know people that went there and saw like the rubble pile and foundation, yeah. but that's all they really said. Right. You know. So, um, again, I, I was look I searched Reddit and I went to several so of course there's several different like Reddit places well, where this shows up, subreddits I or found whatever. A, I, I, you might be saying this right now, but I found a couple decent stories, but they were all on No Sleep, which is like made up stories. Yeah, I did too. Yep. And they were, yeah, like you said, they were made up. Um, I don't think this one came from the No Sleep section, though. This came from just a, a thread about Summerwind. Okay. Um, it's called... Summer wind and my father. This is literally the only story I, I think found. This, I think I saw this one on No Sleep. Did you really? I think so. Hmm. Well, bummer, because the the only story I found might be made up. Then. Well, read it. I'll look into it while you're reading. Okay. I mean, the fact that we couldn't even find made up stories, if it only one is weird to me because this is such a legend in the area but i guess it is northern wisconsin how many <laughs> how many people have actually gone to summer wind and my father no sleep subreddit oh crap so i'm about to read a made-up story well it was i don't know there's something about it because he says this is a story that my father told me since i was a child well i cannot attest to the story being 100 percent true you know, my father's a reputable man, and as his son, it is fairly easy for me to tell when he's kidding and when he's not. I say read it. You never know. Yeah. I mean, somebody could have been putting a legit story in the no sleep, but... Uh, and it's not like an outlandishly no. crazy, creepy story. To me, it doesn't sound made up, because made up stories would be over the top. Yeah. So take it with a grain <laughs> and of... And it's the only one I have. <laughs> take, it with, take it with a grain of lemon salt, but... Don't know if it's going to be true or not. No. And, and again, I, I went to several different threads on Reddit and I even just tried searching, not even Reddit. I tried searching any website I yeah. could find for any personal stories and I got nothing. Yep. All I found were people saying, oh yeah, we lived near there or we visited there and nothing really happened. It was yep. just creepy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So here's the story. My father and I have always been close. When I was a child, he would tell me ghost stories that would scare the absolute bleep out of me. 
But deep down, I would know he was kidding, as there would be some minor detail or thing that would completely discredit the story. He even told me the Blair Witch story and passed it off as his own, only for me to see the movie later in life and realize my dad is one hell of a plagiarist. (laughs) But aside from all the stories that were clearly made up, there was one that stuck with me well into my adult life, which is probably the reason I remembered it well enough to confront him on it a few weeks ago. When I finally did, he sat down with me and explained what happened in detail. My dad has always had a wicked sense of humor and is an absolutely awful liar, but this time I could sense something different. I will paraphrase what what he told me as best as I can. My father was born in 1958 and raised in a well-to-do town on the cusp of the Chicago suburbs. Oh, that's funny. I just talked about this. Like many people in the area, his family owned a cabin on a lake in far northern Wisconsin. For those of you who have not traveled that far north, it feels incredibly remote for the United States. There wasn't cell phone service until 2007, and you're more likely to see a bear crossing the road than a person. And it gets so dark at night that you can't see your palm in front of your face. My memories of Northwoods, Wisconsin start at about 1994. And to me, you couldn't get any more remote than that. For comparison, the story that I'm about to tell you takes place in 1981. My father, in the summer between his senior year of college and his freshman year of law school in 1981, bartended at a very well-regarded supper club in Billis County, Wisconsin. One night after a long shift, my dad and four of his coworkers, including one of their dogs, decided to pile into my dad's CJ7, I have no idea what that is, and drive to this allegedly haunted mansion that was a few miles down the road, buried deep down in the overgrown forest that is northern Wisconsin. The mansion was changed, the mansion has changed ownership a handful of times, all for reasons stemming from the obvious. The mansion was called Summerwind in its day, and I encourage you to research it on the internet. It has been visited by paranormal tourists and even featured on a TV show, but this visit that my father and his friends took was well before any of that. According to my dad, they rolled up to the mansion just after midnight as the supper club had closed for the night. They all piled out of my dad's Jeep. Oh, it's a Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) They all piled out of my dad's Jeep with flashlights and shined them up at the old ghostly building. As they approached the house, my dad's friend, Scott, who owned the dog they brought, stopped to complain that his dog wouldn't move. As the group turned around to address the complaint, they noticed that Scott's dog hadn't followed him. It simply hopped back into the Jeep where it stayed, sitting in the driver's seat. Annoyed, Scott attempted to grab the dog and bring it closer to the house, but the dog started whimpering and yelping as he brought it closer. Now, I know this sounds like the typical cliche, quote, dog won't go in the haunted house story, but my dad was dead serious. (coughs) (laughs) I saw you, like, searching around, like, how can I sneak a cough in here somewhere? Eventually, Scott left the dog in the Jeep, and they all went into the house. My dad said that generally their haunted house tour was pretty much non-eventful until the end. They did receive a bit of a scare when they heard a loud crash coming from the first floor down into the basement, but much to their displeasure, it was one of my dad's drunk co-workers (laughs) who had thrown an old toilet down the stairs in an attempt to be funny and scary. It's Wisconsin. Uh Uh-huh. At least they didn't tip over a cow. (laughs) The group spent about 15 minutes just wandering about the place, looking at all the old abandoned furniture the previous owners had left. A year or two later, my father and my mother, who were dating at the time, now happily married for over 20 years, snowmobiled back to the abandoned mansion uh, with my uncle and his wife. If you've ever been that far north, you can probably relate to how cold and desolate it gets during the winter months. 
When they arrived, my dad and my uncle dismounted while their significant others stayed on the snowmobiles. We call them snowmobiles here. Apparently, elsewhere, they call them snow machines. Just saying. Snowmobiles. As they approached the mansion, as my father tells it, an uncanny feeling came over them. Something just wasn't right. At that moment, my father looked up to the second floor and saw the dusty old curtains on the second floor move. A white, stoic, ghostly face appeared in the window and for a brief moment looked into my father's eyes, then moved the curtains back to their original position. Needless to say, my father and my uncle trudged back to their snowmobiles and rode back to their cabin as quickly as they could. They never returned to summer wind after that night. In the late 1980s, the old mansion burnt to the ground, and it was determined that the fire was caused by a lightning strike, although no one truly knows. You can still go see what remains of the house, as it is alleged that spirits still haunt the premises. I know this isn't nearly as scary as some of the other ghost stories on this subreddit, but I feel it is worth sharing only because of the eerie history that surrounds the mansion. If you're ever bored and find yourself searching for a good scare, as I've said before, a Google search, Summerwind. See, that sounds like a legit story it because legitimate. it's not, it doesn't sound like a, like you said, over the top. Right. It doesn't have the feeling yeah. of a made up story, but yeah. it could be made up. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> so the Summer Wind Restoration Society formed by Craig Nearing. He's a leader. He's a leader of the restoration group and also a founder of the Fox Valley yeah. Ghost Hunters. Yes, because I've seen books. I've read books by them. Yeah. Wants to rebuild the mansion and use it as sort of a haunted bed and breakfast so that people can enjoy yeah. it without having to like trespass because it's on private it's property. Good idea. He has become friends with the current owners, Babs and Harold Tracy, who have never actually lived there. Harold bought the dilapidated summer wind in 1986 as an anniversary gift for his wife, but before they could go ahead with any restorations, it got struck by lightning and yeah. burned to the ground. <laughs> um, they claimed that one night when they were camping outside, so before it burned down, they saw the mansion breathing Ew. or appearing to <laughs> get like creepy. larger, almost like it, like with inhalation. Okay, that's creepy. It is creepy. Um, he says, people always say, do you believe in ghosts? And I didn't until we bought the house. We've had way too many unexplained experiences out there. But that's all they talk about. They never talk about any other experiences. If they get that up as had. a bed and breakfast, we got to go up there and do an episode from there. Heck yeah. That would be really cool. Would I would cool. totally stay there. Yes. Uh, so he, so Craig, of course, is a paranormal investigator and ha- being friends with the owners has done investigations there. Um, he says it's definitely haunted. Apparently a ghost told him it would be okay to rebuild the mansion. And of the ghost. <laughs> sure. And he got an EVP that said, little girl dead is your friend, which is really weirdly specific. <laughs> Um, he obtained a copy of the original br- blueprints and estimates it would cost around 500000 to rebuild the property. And apparently fundraisers had been planned. This was like maybe 19 or 19, 2012 or 14 or something that I was reading some of this. The most recent article I found was 2017. And it said they were still hundreds of thousands of dollars short of the money they needed yeah. to complete the rebuild. So an- again, I just want to reiterate, just like the Paulding Light just because I didn't find a lot on the internet doesn't mean this place isn't haunted. I just feel like there's not a lot to substantiate it online, but yeah. I would want to see it for myself. I want to stay I there still want to go breakfast. there. Yep. Yeah. And I want to go to the Paulding Light while we're up there because, again, I need to see these Let's things plan for it. myself. Let's do it. Weekend trip. I mean, even if they don't get a bed and breakfast going, I still want to go to the Paulding Light. We'll just sleep on the rubble. Yeah. Mm, that sounds comfortable. <laughs> Summer wind. What do you think, Kurt? I know. It's tough. Uh, like you said, I uh, could go either way. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's just hard. All this stuff from the could have been a story. All the old stuff could have been a story to yep. like sell books to, to sell, sell books. interest in the property. I just think but, it's bizarre that I can't find any stories from people who have visited it and yeah, commented on a group somewhere online. The fact that the people online. bought it, experienced stuff, makes me maybe think that there is something going on there. There's just not a lot there There's either, just, though. Yeah, but like, tell me more about what they experienced. I, I I can't say. I'm on the fence. Yeah, me too. I, I that's one of those ones we're gonna have to experience for ourselves to see what we think. If we go there and get a creepy feeling, mm-hmm. you know. We were gonna mention. Just uh, I just happened to look at Instagram that uh, Taylor Hawkins, the yeah. drummer from Foo Fighters, died very unexpectedly yesterday. That, that is sucks. like only 50 years old. They're in the middle of a tour. Younger than me. I can't believe that. I'm still like a little shocked at that. What a depressing segue into your story. That was a depressing segue into my <laughs> story. I just wanted to say because we love the Foo Fighters. We've talked this about that on the show. My and story is going to be very similar to yours. With I, I don't. Yeah. I'm. I, I'm. Pre- you like the idea of it, but love the idea of it. The reality of it mm-hmm. might get poo pooed. Okay. Anyway. Any hoozles. My story is. And a couple people have asked for it. The faces of Belmez. And I actually am familiar with. I this think it's story. Belmez. It's got like the weird little tilde over the e, so it might be Belmez. 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 <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I'm just gonna say Belmez. Okay, because we're from Wisconsin. We're from Wisconsin. I uh, got most of this comes from a Mysterious Universe article <laughs> called "The Strange Mystery of the Faces of Belmez" from okay. April 16th, 2019. And a lot of like the Reddit comments about this are exactly like me, where this started to happen in the early 70s. And in the mid to late 70s, there was a glut of paranormal books, mm. you know, paranormal like m- stories of the mysterious. Yeah. And I always saw these pictures in the books, the pictures of the faces. So I recognize these from mm-hmm. a mile away. The, the faces of Belmez, I recognize from a mile away. So this is like very nostalgic for people of my age because we remember this story from the 70s. But here we go. August 23rd, 1971 started like any other day for Maria Gomez as she went about her housework in her home in the village of Belmez in Spain. She then passed through the kitchen area and noticed something odd on the floor, a stain there where she had never noticed one before, and it seemed to be spreading even as she looked at it. She tried to wash the splotch out, but nothing seemed to work on the stubborn mark, and frustrated, she left it alone for the time being. However, when she came back later to take another look, the stain had evolved and changed, now resembling what looked like a human face etched into the concrete floor. When her husband and son came home to see the eerie sight, they too tried to remove it, but it defied all efforts to wash it out. Even more disturbingly, sometimes supposedly changing positions and facial expressions when no one was looking. It was unsettling enough that they would eventually decide to just tear up that section of the floor and pour down new concrete, but this would not only not work, but apparently seem to make things even worse. Thus would begin the weird oddity of what would become known as the Belmez Faces. So basically in August of 1971 in this village in Spain, this woman was at their kitchen, saw this stain on the floor that started to change around and became and they're a face. they're pretty creepy looking. Yeah. yeah. 
But is it also what is that called? Matrixing? What is that? No, it's not. It's not. I. It's. We'll, we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> but it's the idea of this is creepy. Mm-hmm. Like a face appearing on your floor and then moving around and changing, changing expressions. Expressions. Yeah. yeah. Like going to bed and the face is smiling. When you get up in the morning, the face is scowling. Like that's face. That is creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. Uh, Maria and her family, consisting of her husband Juan and her son Miguel, tried to erase the stain, but nothing worked. So they busted up that section of the floor, poured new concrete. And uh, about one week after the new floor was poured, she was in the kitchen when she saw another face on the new section of floor, even clearer and more defined than the first one. As you can imagine, she was pretty freaked out. Word started trickling out into the village about what was going on, and people were curious. The family decided to completely rip up the floor again and pour a new one. Word got out to the mayor of the village, and he asked the family if instead of destroying the face, it could be, it could be preserved and studied which is someone actually showing good judgment in Mm -hmm. one of our stories, you know. So he wanted the face cut out and studied. So the section of the concrete with the face was removed from the floor, and about a day or two later, a new and different face appeared in the area where the concrete had been cut out. The family had no idea what to do, so they went to the city council for advice. The council wondered if some weird chemicals or something were seeping up from the ground below, so the decision was made to completely tear up the floor and the ground below it. So a crew came in to excavate the ground there, and what do you think they found? Nothing. No. Take a guess. Oh. Bodies. Skeletons. Okay. (laughs) Buried at... That's not nothing. Buried at around a depth of nine or ten... Like, really? Yeah. Okay. Buried at around a depth of nine or ten feet, several skeletons, some headless, were discovered. The skeletons were removed to be taken and reburied at a Catholic cemetery for a proper burial. Wow. And now back from the article. One would think that this is where the story would end. After all, the bodies were at peace now, right? End of the phenomenon, right? Mm -hmm. Well, wrong. The kitchen floor was totally redone, and for a few weeks the family dared to think that the ordeal was over, yet a stain appeared once again in the floor, followed by another and another still, changing into faces. Instead of one face, there were now several, each with differing facial expressions ranging from neutrality to a slight smile to a scowl to a look of agony. Creepy. Yeah. These faces would sometimes disappear, only to be replaced by another different face, and moving positions was not an uncommon thing for them to do. Among the faces were men, women, adults, and children, sometimes smiling, sometimes screaming, and it was obvious that something very bizarre was going on here. The story was carried in news outlets all around the country and the world, and hundreds of people from various countries came to see the faces. The Perez family actually took to charging admission to come see the faces, which raised suspicions that it was only being done for profit. Mm. But they remained adamant that they only wanted the paranormal images gone. And this is where you kind of see the skeptical stuff popping in. Okay. Paranormal researchers started running experiments on the faces. One experiment involved completely sealing off the room for three months to see if there were any changes during that time. When the room was reopened, the faces had changed both locations and facial expressions. Sections of the faces were then again removed and taken to research facilities, but according to all accounts, the faces were examined and showed no traces of paints or dyes. It's been said that audio recordings were made near the kitchen hearth that seemed to contain voices and other odd noises. Uh, one of the leading theories about what was going on was something called thoughtography, which is where you're, you're 
like say you have some psychic ability and okay. you're down here during doing the podcast and yeah. you're really mad at me for some reason so all of a sudden an image of your face Impossible. is going to show up on the floor scowling oh weird you know so that's okay. what photography is interesting it, i've it's, never it's even you heard of that projecting projecting my uh, emotion uh, emotion on like a face or some kind of drawing or okay. something on a surface weird German paranormal investigator Hans Bender called it one of the most important paranormal events of the 20th century. Wow. For the next 30 years, faces would continue to appear. Some articles stating that there were... 30 years? Yep. Some articles stating that there were over 1,000 recorded faces. Maria Gomez died in 2004. According to... So did anyone actually see one of these faces manifest while they were there it's or was hard. it like we it's, left it's the room hard. and we yeah, came it's, back it's kind of a lot of that okay but so somebody could have painted it on the floor while yeah. nobody was so looking. we're gonna get into all that okay. <laughs> but yeah they according to some uh according to some articles there were over 1,000 recorded faces she died in 2004 and according to some reports the house was put up for sale in 2004 but i didn't really i'm having a hard time like finding if somebody bought it oh. and all this and like specific dates on stuff. Okay. So that's kind of the story of the Belmez faces. So there are two theories. Okay. Theory number one, it's real. And a sub theory, ghosts under the floor from the skeletons. What you I know? do find interesting is that they found skeletons yeah, under the because house. because they did not know that those were down there. God, I hope not. So if they were <laughs> hoaxing it, it was... A weird a synchronicity. It was a, co- a huge coincidence that there were actually skeletons under the And then the you floor. can tell the story that the ones without the heads yeah. were trying to come yeah. through yep. the floor. Yep. I don't know. So a July 16th, 2020 article on medium.com called, quote, The People in the Floor says, quote, A researcher named Professor de Argumosa traveled from Madrid to Belmez after hearing about the case. He announced that he had found several historic documents reporting that a 17th century governor of Granada, born in Belmez, had murdered five members of a local family. The whereabouts of the murder site were vague, but it was believed to have taken place either close to or in the household, Pereira. Her name is Maria Gomez Pereira. Okay. In the Pereira household. So it's theorized that there were murders possibly in that house. It has all the makings for a haunting. It totally does. (laughs) But... Uh, another theory was that the house was so close to a church, it was probably built on the site of an old cemetery, and that mm. could have been where the bodies oh, were from. Yeah. The floor was removed and fully excavated. Human remains were found several feet, feet below. Many of the skeletons had no skulls, and the bodies were reinterred into a nearby Catholic cemetery. Some reports cite the excavated remains to have been dated at around 700 years old. Wow. So pretty old skeletons. And when there. this took place in the 70s? Yeah. Okay. A more recent theory is that the faces could belong to members of Maria Gomez's family who were massacred during Spain's Civil War. Hmm. So those are like possible reasons why it could be haunted. Mm -hmm. Uh, That Professor de Argumosa also made several EVP recordings of sounds from within the house, including the voice of a child. I was just going to ask, was there any other activity besides these faces? This guy supposedly catching EVPs, uh, including the voice of a child. Hmm. The sounds captured were described as being, quote, a mixture of hell and a brothel, which is uh. a weird, which is a weird description. Yeah, I don't understand. I like. don't know. I mean, is it like sexual sounds along with like screaming, screaming? like demonic voices, mm. which is just super creepy. Brothel. Okay. You know, that, that always reminds me of the scene from 
Event Horizon, where they find the recording. I've actually never seen. Oh my that god, movie. that is that's one of the few movies that legit creeps me out. You told and there's me a that. lot of people that said that that people that love horror movies said Event Horizon creeps them out. Hmm. But there's a you know it's about this ship that goes through a black hole apparently, and then comes back years later, and they're going to see going to they go on that ship and see what happened, and it ends up that it went to hell. But they find the recording of the crew. From and, oh, okay. and it's it's very much like this where it's like you see that and you're like it's like sexual but it's also like demonic and there's organs flying everywhere and blood and people Ugh. having sex and it's creepy and that's what I think of when I hear this okay. the, the, the mixture of hell and a brothel. Hell and a brothel. Have you never mm-hmm. seen Event Horizon? I think it's on Prime. I think after we talked about it, we talked about it on an episode and I think yeah. I looked to see if it's available yeah, it, somewhere it's, it's, and I think it it's, is. It's one of those it's one of the rare movies that really kind of disturbed me a little okay. bit. In September 1981, Jose Martinez Romero, a paranormal investigator, visited the household and also recorded his experiences. Romero claimed that he actually witnessed the appearance and disappearance of several faces in the new kitchen. Okay. Like, actually was watching it while it happened. Yeah, but a lot of these paranormal investigators have kind of been discredited. I don't know if he was, but... (sighs) If you didn't catch it on video, though, I don't know. (laughs) It's so you, just, you know, his his word against whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the other one under sub theory under it's real is thoughtography, which is the idea that mm-hmm. it's Maria projecting her mood onto art on the floor. Which and in a way is paranormal. It was noticed that the faces often seem to take on the emotional expressions of Maria herself mirroring her mental state at the time. Hmm. That's interesting. It is. It is. It'd be like if you were down here mad at me, scowling face of Krista on the floor over here, and then we come down tomorrow when you're happy and you're smiling, which is, <laughs> it's such a, it's a really it's creepy, weird. it's like a really creepy, interesting idea. Yeah. Uh, theory number two, it's not real. Mm-hmm. And under there is hoax. But a 30-year hoax. Yeah. That's and, commitment and, right there. Yep. And this is, the idea of a hoax is where things get like kind of frustrating. Uh, according to the Mysterious Universe article, quote, the faces of Belmez have been analyzed and investigated to try to find a rational explanation with frustratingly mixed results. Original tests were very inconclusive, and researchers claimed that there was no paint or dye involved with the production of the faces, although others later claimed that some of the faces seemed to show under infrared light obvious signs of paint strokes and pigmentation. Mm. Some analysis said that there were pigmentation compounds present where others found no such evidence of anything, making everything inconsistent and muddying the waters. Yeah, that is frustrating. Later studies have been just as frustrating with some showing traces of the use of zinc, lead, and chromium used in paint. And yet another analysis carried out by the, oh boy, Instituto de Ceramica y Vidro in 1990 came to the conclusion that, quote, no traces of paint were found anywhere. Mm. More recently, there was an analysis carried out in 2014 by the investigative TV show Quarta Milenio with the research done by eminent chemical engineer Jose Javier Grasinea, who was not only unable to reproduce the faces through any means, but also found that the faces were not made with paint and, quote, according to scientific knowledge and techniques employed in the analysis, there is no external manipulation or elements. Hmm. So were they made with paint or not? It's hard to tell with all these contradicting stories. Other than paint or dye, another possibility is that some sort of acidic agent was used, such as nitric, sulfuric, muriatic, or acetic acid, an oxidizing agent, or perhaps even some agent that is light-sensitive and darkens in sunlight, such as silver nitrate. Hmm. 
This still leaves the question of how Maria pulled it off under the scrutiny of so many witnesses or how she was able to have the faces disappear or reappear and change expressions with such indelible materials, let alone how she would have been able to do it when the room was completely sealed off, which is true, you yeah. know? And and I would tend to um, favor the most recent scientific experiments that were done just because yeah. of like the progression of technology yeah, and what we have available so much since yeah. the 70s whether the original Belmez faces were somehow hoaxed or not the faces that would appear in the years after maria's death almost certainly were shortly after her death it was claimed by psychic researcher pedro amoros that new faces had appeared in the home suggesting that the phenomenon was still going on Suddenly, the story was all over the news again, and people were pouring in to see these new faces, and there was an influx of visitors to the village. Unfortunately, in this case, the whole thing was flatly debunked by the Spanish media, with the newspaper El Mundo publishing a damning expose on how Amoros had teamed up with the village municipal government to fake the new faces for financial gain. So, mm, eh. Right. So at least the ones that showed up after Maria died were faked, and the village government seemed okay to help fake them, so who's to say that the government in the village wasn't in on it from the start, because they would bring in tons of tourists. Right. Maria always swore that the faces were legit, and it's thought that she wouldn't have had the means or the knowledge to fake them, but the person that seems to be the focus of the hoax theory is her son, Miguel. And there's a lot of... I read other accounts where... It's believed that there was like a prank war going on between Miguel and the neighbor's son. Mm. And it's suspected the neighbor's son was supposedly a good artist. And it's suspected that he snuck in and was doing this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Like Imagine if it were something so simple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> but for 30 years? I don't know. That's I, what that, gets me. Yeah. Is that this went on for 30 years? But maybe it started out as that and the family and the government and the village government were like, wow, we're raking in money from this. Let's just keep this going. Yeah. You know? Now it's his full-time job. Yeah. Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia says, quote, in 1971, a department of the Spanish Ministry of the Interior asked Jose Luis Jordan, vice president of the Spanish Society of Parapsychology, to head a commission that appointed diverse technicians specializing in concrete chemistry to carry out an exhaustive study of the strange occurrences in Belmez and to present a report on such to the authorities. In this report, Jordan deals with several possibilities of fraud, saying that it could have been, quote, pigmentation with a dark brownish substance, a mixture of soot and vinegar, and the aggressive action of a chemical compound. In an interview by two members of the Spanish Society of Parapsychology, Jordan stated, quote, With regard to the enigma of the chemical procedure, I solved it by discovering that this compound can be found in any drugstore by asking for a German product to remove concrete stains. Uh. And he thinks that's what this was, was uh. that this, this product used to remove stains, like maybe the family tried it and were like, oh, this you can make kind Faces. of designs. yeah. yeah. Although, is it ironic that the thing you use to remove stains from concrete <laughs> yeah, I thought makes that too. stains makes on stains, concrete? Which doesn't make sense. But I love <laughs> that this guy is a uh, member of the Spanish Society of Parapsychology, and he's kind of debunking it, right. which is cool. That's what you want. Yeah, which is exactly what you want. Other skeptical parapsychologists have also maintained the forgery hypothesis. Ramos Pereira, president of the Spanish Society of Parapsychology, stated it was found that La Pava, which was the name of the first and foremost of the Belmes faces, had coloration and deduced that it had been painted, stating, quote, Through infrared photography, we saw that this one had added pigmentation over the original appearance, and even the paintbrush bristles could be perceived. 
Of course, after that, we had no doubts that the faces had been painted. Hmm. And Brian Dunning of Skeptoid states that he believes the faces were painted on the concrete floor, the first with paint and later with acid. Hmm. That the first one was actually paint. And then they figured out how to do it without paint using acid or these, this chemical compound sure. to make designs on the floor. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of eh. An article on the Association of Paranormal Study website called, quote, People in the Floor, the Forgery of the Belmez Faces, says, quote, In 1971, the Spanish Ministry of the Interior took an interest in the case. They appointed specialists to analyze the concrete and found that there were very questionable substances like vinegar, a brown pigmentation, and an aggressive chemical compound. The compound could be found at local drugstores. The July 1993 edition of the Journal of Society for Psychical Research featured an article by Lu... Luis Ruiz Noguez, who noted the presence of zinc, lead, and chromium on the floor, which are common ingredients in paint. In the 70s, lead was a popular ingredient in paint, which is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Others did infrared photography and found brush bristles. It's believed that Maria's son was the artist. Between paint and the possibility of an oxidizing chemical agent being used, we can pretty much consider this case closed. Even when it's blatant that this was a hoax, there are still people who believe in the authenticity of the faces. Believe it or not, there are much more complex studies on this phenomenon that will break down the chemical compounds of the faces to really make the case for forgery. And yet, it seems that people are ignoring this data and continue to believe in this. Videos about the Belmaz faces continue to go viral with people freaking out and then checking their own concrete floors for signs of ghostly activity. So they're basically saying it's a hoax. hoax. And I mean, we'll we'll get to it. A 2012 cracked article called Seven Famous Unsolved Mysteries that Science Solved Years Ago (laughs) sums this up perfectly, saying, quote, The initial reaction by many was to call BS on the whole thing, but research found no evidence whatsoever of paints or dyes. One scientist even dubbed the Belmez faces the best documented and, without a doubt, the most important paranormal phenomenon in the 20th century. Do a simple Google search today and you'll get a whole bunch of sources claiming this is still a huge mystery. What you don't hear so much is that the mystery of the faces were solved pretty much the day after it happened. (laughs) A study commissioned by the Spanish Ministry of the Interior, the same ones that found no traces of paint, broke down all the substances found in and around the faces. The scientists found that the faces' chemical composition strongly resembled stains left by an oxidizing agent. It's almost as if someone had clumsily reproduced old photographs by painting them on the floor with an acidic substance, like, say, vinegar with some soot mixed into it. Once ready, the pictures could easily be manipulated with a cleaning agent, such as, say, the concrete stain removal product ready available down the street at the local pharmacist. Hmm. So the question is, if it was a hoax, why was it a hoax? And the number one idea seems to to pretty much be profit. Oh. Profit to make money. Maybe it started with those ki- the kids playing pranks on each yeah, other. Yeah, and then and once they saw evolved. everything coming in. Uh, yeah. From a 1999 BBC News article titled, quote, An Unexplained Mystery, and this was a really interesting article because it's written by somebody, like, first-person account of going to the house. Mm. Uh, The author writes, quote, The town of Belmez, set high in the mountains of Andalusia and surrounded by olive groves, is always quiet, but on a Sunday morning, it is deathly quiet. A group of about 20 old men sat in the town square, muttering to one another, smoking or looking at the ground. When I walked up and asked one of them where I could find the faces, at least eight of them began giving directions. (laughs) In a maze of narrow, cobbled streets around the church, muffled voices from dark doorways gave me further directions if I showed any signs of hesitancy. Finally, I arrived at a small, whitewashed cottage. 
The front door was wide open, so I walked in and found an old lady in an armchair watching a religious service on television. La Carras. You the can fa- just walk in? Yeah. <laughs> La Carras, the faces, I asked the lady. Can I see them? She waved me into the small, sparsely furnished front room and continued watching television. I looked at the floor where I'd been told the faces would be. And as soon as my eyes became accustomed to the dim lighting, I quite clearly saw the face of a young woman. It was faint at first, but gradually the definition and the details became clear. It was a sad face. There were others, some clear, some not so clear. Images of old men and children deeply ingrained in the cement floor. A nun arrived to treat an ailment the old woman was suffering from, so I apologized for my intrusion and left. And I'm guessing that the old woman was Maria herself because she was still, I think, alive at this time. So there was no money exchanged or anything, right? Hang on. Okay. It goes on to say, quote, some observers, especially among local people, were convinced from the start that the faces were a fraud and that someone was making money from them. Others said that the owners of the house, Maria and her ailing husband, Juan, simple farm workers, were unable to even read or write, let alone fool the scientific establishment. All Maria appears to have gained is a new kitchen, which was built by the local authorities since since so many visitors were coming and traipsing around through the original kitchen where the faces first appeared. Well, they kept destroying the floor. Yeah, that her family (laughs) went several days without eating because their kitchen floor, or it was so busy or the kitchen floor was destroyed. In the 28 years since Maria saw the first face, neither the believers nor the disbelievers have come up with any conclusive proof to back their case. But that being said... One of the leading skeptics about the faces is convinced that it is nothing more than a joke played between neighbors which got out of hand in a boring, quiet town. The faces, he said, have been impregnated into the cement floors using a mixture of soot and vinegar. Detailed analysis found traces of both. Of course, though, say the believers, soot and vinegar traces will be found in any kitchen floor in the region if one looks hard enough. As I walked back past the old men who had given me directions, one of them stops me. He says, quote, Did you see the faces? What did you think? Did she show you the face of General Franco under the table? No, I replied. Ah, that's because you didn't pay her. She wants money before she shows anybody that one, he whispers with an air of conspiracy before rejoining his friends. Did the men then laugh at another visitor attracted by a simple but effective hoax? A hoax that's put the otherwise uninteresting town of Belmez on the map? Or are the faces of Belmez really one of the great unexplained mysteries? Hmm. So she, it's he's saying that she kind of wants money to see this special one that's under the table. Yeah. <laughs> so the special one on yeah, the table but that was like the only account i really heard of anybody making any sort of money off of mm-hmm. this but you figure if all these people come to town they have to stay somewhere yeah. they have to eat somewhere they probably buy from the local vendors yep two quotes just to end this one of them is from reddit uh from a user named astrolabe 11 who says quote this scared the crap out of me as a kid too i don't know if it's real or a hoax but i came across an article on cracked that claims to debunk it What annoys me, though, about these people who debunk mysteries is that they seem to think that just because they have come up with an alternative way in which the same effect or nearly enough can be produced, that makes it a hoax. Mm. There are several ways to hoax a convincing ghost experiment, but that doesn't mean that all ghost sightings are hoaxes. That's true. Which I get. That's, yeah. That you can, you know, yeah, you can maybe make this face out of a mixture of soot and vinegar, but because you can does not necessarily mean that those faces were made with that. Right. You know? I, I could hook fishing line up to a cabinet door and make it look like yeah. it's opening. That doesn't mean cabinet doors don't open. Yeah, on their that doesn't own mean that every locations. cabinet door that yeah. opens is because because of a fishing line. Right. But I want to close this with a quote from the Paranormal Study article that says, "To me, people who believe in the faces need to believe in them. They provide some sort of hope that there is something out there much bigger than us. Some call it God. Some call it proof of the afterlife. Something. It's what you may call faith." 
Even when there has been scientific proof that maybe not all the events in the Bible happened as written, people still have faith that there is truth in the good book. Finding meaning in the simplest of things can make a difference between life and death for some people. And I agree with that. It's like seeing Jesus in a grilled cheese. And I agree with that because, you know, like this, the idea of the Bellman's faces has has been with me since I was a kid and saw Mm -hmm. this in those books. Yeah. And I've said this in other episodes that I think that stories like this are important to keep us believing Mm -hmm. in something else other than just the the mundane reality of a life with no mysteries. Yeah. Life without mystery would be very boring. Yeah, it would be. So, I mean, and, and people in these faces can find what they want. If you're a skeptic, you're going to be like soot and vinegar. If you're a believer, you're going to be like, this is proof that there's a life after death. Mm -hmm. So that's really all I have. What do you think? Belmez faces. I mean, look at like Google, do a Google search on them. They... Yeah. I think they're hoaxes. They look to me like paintings. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't look like a face. I mean it looks like a face, but it looks like a painted face. It does not look like I don't know. I I I really feel that they're It feels like a hoax. It feels me. like a, yeah, I think it's a hoax. And and how it started, I don't know. And the reason for it, I don't know because it's not like they made a ton of money, right. but the town might have made a lot of money from people coming to stay to see these faces. Mm-hmm. And that yes. could have been how this started is like a war between the neighbors with pranks. And then mm-hmm. they're like, wow, people are really interested in this. Keep this going yeah. because it's going to keep people coming to town. And when they found out that the ones that appeared after Maria died were hoaxed, you know, maybe they all were. But like, if you do a Google they're search on the Bellman, they are creepy looking, <laughs> but some are. I don't know. Some look like bad paintings, mm-hmm. like like bad artwork. Like I'll show you. I'll just pick some here, random. Like this. This is the original one. This is the one that I can't remember what it's called, but that's the original one. Yeah, that's creepy. It's creepy, but it looks like a painted. Kind of looks like Jesus. Yeah. Like, tell me those don't look like painted. They look mm-hmm. like painted, like painted yeah. figures. They, they don't do. look like some kind of right. You know, when it's yeah. just the face peering up at you, it's one thing. But now there's bodies. Yeah. You know, there's like the body, like, like, actual, like, like that actual like outline of the body. It looks like portraits. It looks yeah. like somebody painting a portrait. Yeah. So I hate to say it, but I'm calling poo poo on like this a one. Ho- it feels like a hooks. A hooks. <laughs> it does feel like a hooks. <laughs> it feels like a hooks. So Belmis faces scary story, interesting story, fun story, fun story. Yeah, but true story. I'm gonna I have just, to go with yeah. no. I just I can't buy. There's just too many people. It's such a contaminated space. There's yeah. no control. Ah, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna go with hoax. Yep, I agree. So this sorry. is kind of a poo-poo episode kind of poo-poo again. Episode. Sorry about that. I still want to go to Summerwind. I still want to. I'd love to see the Bellman's faces in sure. person because I think it's interesting. I don't think they were created by ghosts, but I think it's interesting. It's a fun yep. story. Cool. Cool. So that's what I got. I Let, let us know what you guys think. Summerwind Mansion. Have was you it, been there? Have you been there? Was it haunted? Um, <laughs> did you steal a brick and have something st- terrible happen? <laughs> yeah. Did, did you see your house breathing? <laughs> uh, Bellman's faces. Do you think that they were ghosts do you think it was photography or do you think it was just a mixture of soot and vinegar and some sort of oxidizing agent but i could also understand like the you know say that that's all it takes is an oxidizing agent or light enough light before the faces you could have gone in before the room was sealed off painted these things yes. that were invisible and then over time it with the room up. it shows up i it mean it's, it's not to just it's not, it's, manifest it is not foolproof by any right. stretch of the imagination yeah. so let us know what you guys think summer wind and the belmez faces um question should we do a listener yeah, question question and again thank you guys for sending in all these questions we have a ton of really good questions good. 
They came through. You guys came through. You always do. I don't know if we're going to have time for one or two. We're going to do three of them. Okay. Because the first one, the first one. I love it. I don't know if we have time for one or two. We're doing three. We're doing three because the first one from Sweet Candy 98 says, hi. Hi. Oh, that's it? That's it. Hi. Hi, Sweet Candy 98. Sweet Candy 98. Thank you for sending that in. Cute. The next one, uh, you you have to add, this one is from Anonymous. You have to add a celebrity third party to your show. Who do you pick and why is it Danny DeVito? (laughs) (laughs) I'd totally be cool. I'd totally be down with Danny DeVito being. Oh my God. He's an icon. That'd be hilarious. Uh, But let's just say it's not Danny DeVito. It'd be Josh Gates. It'd be Josh Gates. (laughs) Obviously. Um, Yeah. I mean, he's the first one that popped in my head. Danny DeVito would be awesome. He would be funny. Who else would be like a cool celebrity to have on here? It'd have to be someone who's into the paranormal. Yeah. All I can think of are like paranormal, like whole, like, like grant or jason from ghost hunters yeah, or, or bryce johnson he he has a podcast called um, bigfoot collectors club yeah. and he's one of the people on expedition bigfoot or he's my an girl actor. my girl uh, katarina weedman what are, what you know from i can't remember i said it's katarina weedman katarina she's the one that was she's on a paranormal she was the one with the guy from i don't think it's katarina Katrina? Katrina, yes. She started on Paranormal State and then she did Portals to Hell with yeah. um, Jack Osborne. And then but I love her just because I have a crush on Paranormal her. Paranormal Lockdown with Nick Groff. Um, yeah. Zach Bagans, no. I think it'd be fun. <laughs> be I think possessed. it'd be fun. You get possessed I don't in know. your basement. Yeah, don't get possessed in my basement. Uh, but my, my, other than Danny DeVito, who would be amazing because be he Josh is Gates. awesome, it'd be Josh Gates. Yeah. Uh, He's doing these things on Instagram now where he watches people give responses to Wheel of Fortune questions, and it's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. He's like such a funny guy. And, and how I think terrible people, people yeah, are at that people show. People don't realize that he's yeah. like a super funny guy. I'm he going Josh Gates hilarious. because we love Josh Gates. Yeah, we uh, do. I can't really think of any other celebrities off the top of my head. No, I'd love to have like Amy Bruni or, yeah. you know, Adam are, Barry are, we're, or we're, any of those. We're ghost hunter geeks, so we I'd like... love to have the Hellier group here. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um... Dana Newkirk and what's her husband? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. Greg. It's kind of sad Greg. that I can't Dana think of like Greg. celebrities, celebrities. We just no, think of only people, like, in, the, people. <laughs> in the ghost hunting field. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'll, I'll take Danny DeVito in a heartbeat. Yeah, me too. He, he is I'm a not legend. turning down Danny nope, DeVito. He is an icon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and our last question for today, and I've, I'll let you go first because I saw this one a couple days ago, so I've actually been thinking about this. Okay. Shouldn't I get to think about it while you answer it? In a fair world, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's my basement <laughs> it's your basement kidding. but i have i have two of them in my head so i'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you or i could do mine first and give you time to think but we'll i think i think you're gonna agree with mine okay the question is by anonymous what is the hardest part of putting together a pot uh what oh. is the hardest part of putting together this podcast our podcast hmm. but i'm all I, I took it as what is the hardest part of putting together any podcast yeah well, I don't really do anything. <laughs> For me, <laughs> it's all the technical stuff, it's all actually, technical because stuff. I'm not yeah. a technical person. And so the fact that I'm in charge of all the technical stuff is a challenge for me. But I think for you, it's coming up with the topics. No, that's oh, really no. not that hard. Okay. My, Even though you're two... afraid we're going to run out? <laughs> yeah, I thought about I was worried about that on my drive down here this morning that we're going to run out of topics. But to me, there are two hard parts to putting together the podcast okay. or any podcast. The first one is sticking with it. Yeah. That is hard. Like that's that's the one thing like I have seen so many podcasts or listen to when I'm researching an episode, I download podcasts about it. And there are so many good ones that go five or six episodes and, and then done. they're done. Yeah. 
but along with that, along with sticking with it, is don't get don't go into it thinking you're gonna be a millionaire, a millionaire, or that you're gonna have millions of listeners right. because you're not. I mean, Chris, Kristen, I think what what helped us, and we're not saying this to be humble or, but we did not think anybody was gonna listen. Right. We did not expect anybody. We right. thought it was gonna be our friends. We're still surprised. And yeah, we're six we thought it was gonna in. be friends. Maybe people we went on ghost hunts with yeah. that were gonna listen, and we thought maybe maybe 50 people tops yeah oh yeah so we didn't go into this being like we're gonna have millions of listeners in our first five episodes yeah yeah, yeah. because that's not gonna happen we don't i mean want you that. will if you stick with it you are gonna start to steamroll and you're gonna start to pick up listeners like we did and we don't advertise at all no and we're still floored by the fact yeah. that we have so many listeners around the, that we're world famous that we have listeners in countries all over the world i have a coworker named kurt and he's he whenever he introduces me to somebody he the says she's the most famous person I know <laughs> like that's really yeah, I have students sad. that still are are convinced that I'm famous that's hilarious you know so uh, the two hardest things in my opinion about doing a podcast are sticking with it and not getting frustrated if you don't have listeners yeah you know because there's millions of podcasts and I will be the first to admit like last night I was like. I wish we weren't recording tomorrow. <laughs> Only because my mom is coming yeah. to spend the weekend and it's just going to be an exhausting day yeah. for me. But every, every weekend I'm like, oh, we got to record today. I know, but so I mean, I'm also happy to do it. I'm also love Once doing it. Once you're here, I'm excited. Yeah, I love and... doing it, but it is... I have to set an alarm. It's the only day of the week that I really wake up to an alarm. Yeah. And, and Jim has just, to get yeah. up too early yeah. just, oh, be, yeah. just to, because I'm here, you know. He has to know, manage Lucy. Yeah, he has to manage. So, tornado. So it's a lot of work. But, it is. But... We have never flaked out on each other no, once. No, and never. I love that. And you and I are both in this for the long we run. We show up no matter what. Well, yeah. It's my house. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just here. You know. But I mean, it doesn't matter if I have a raging headache or yeah. if you have a bad cold or yeah. if the weather is bad. We if the are weather's here. bad enough, we'll still get together. Like, we'll do We'll do it online. But the, the, if we didn't have, like, a, if we couldn't if i couldn't get down here because like i said it's like <laughs> it's a 40 minute trip for me it's a 20 minute trip for krista <laughs> but if i couldn't get down here because of the weather we would skype, skype. but if for some reason we didn't have a topic ready or something we would just pull out of our vault an yeah. episode of the side sessions right you know so we but but there there are saturdays like this morning it's like i gotta go i have grayson's birthday party today it would have been nice to do some stuff this morning but mm-hmm. we gotta do the podcast so we we it's always like a ugh, it'd be kind of nice if we weren't doing it today but then when we do it it's great yeah you know and, and we still think... look forward to doing it I, it's oh, totally. it's the time i get to see krista for starters yeah. one of my very best friends in the world it's the time i get to see her yeah and i also feel like we're very mindful of the fact that people are counting on yes us recording yeah. like i feel like we let episode. them down because you know yes. we get these messages from people that are like you know i'm out of episodes now life sucks because we yeah. don't have new episodes sometimes we and are the l- only light in someone's we are. dark day we got, and... you know like the one from michelle about how she was scared to fly and all that yeah. and listening to us and the one that was building his house and yep. listens to us and and we realize we do have a responsibility it creeps it, it doesn't creep us out but it freaks us, it out. Freaks us out it freaks us out that it's a lot of pressure. It's a, it is a lot of pressure, but we also we try not to think about it. We also re, we're also grateful for that pressure it gives that us people a purpose. that we are a part of people's lives yeah. and that we mean something to people, which yeah. is why we do this. Which makes this very which meaningful. Makes, yeah. For us. So it, it's but Krista and I are neither one that's gonna because so many uh, uh, the podcasts that folded 
I kind of looked into why they did. And it's like, well, this person got sick of coming or stuff started to happen and they weren't able to get down there. So Chris and I have been great at... Yeah, it doesn't matter. We both had a lot of turmoil happen in our lives too, but no matter what, we are still here. For a lot of reasons. So I think those to me are the two hardest parts of doing a podcast are sticking with it and not folding because you don't, you're not world famous mm-hmm. or raking right. it raking it in joe rogan money you know what for I mean? me it's the technical stuff and and just the technical stuff it. is hard but mm-hmm. that's all you and i just i just wing it yeah. i mean i watch youtube videos on how to set stuff up yeah. and thank god for youtube so there's it's doing a podcast is kind of easy but at the same time it's kind of difficult mm-hmm so that's, does that sound like okay answers? Yeah, okay. Good. So thank you so much for all the questions you guys have been sending. And we got some stockpile now for the next couple episodes. Uh, song choices. I'm going to go with two. The first one, uh, I didn't, I wanted to research this better, but I didn't. So I apologize for that. But I've mentioned this in the past on an episode. So I know I mentioned this on an episode because I remember talking about it. When Felicity came out on DVD, mm-hmm. because of licensing issues, they have to change a lot of music in the show. Like there's, a, uh, for some reason, Sarah McLachlan is always on there. <laughs> but there were like popular songs at the time that when the show came out on DVD, they could not have that song because they didn't pay enough for the oh, license. Oh, interesting. It could so, be on the TV show, but not on the yeah, DVD. Yeah. So okay. they throw in a different song. Okay. So I believe, uh, I... Not exactly sure, but I believe the Felicity DVD set or whatever came out in the early 2000s, 2001, 2002, 2003, because it was a show in the late 90s into Mm -hmm. 2000s. But there was an episode where the episode started with like just showing scenes from Felicity's day. Like she's in her lecture class in college and then it shows her like having dinner with her mom or dad. And in the background, there was this song playing that... I loved and and I said it on here really like the only concrete things you could get were the first lyrics from the song that were we walked alone outside the park and talked about your shoes okay so I I actually recorded a video of the scene on my phone because I love this song so then I went on Google and I typed those lyrics in and the only thing I found were lots of other people looking, looking for, for this song. Oh, funny. And people were like obsessed with finding this song. Well, now you have your phone can tell you by listening to it a can't, song. It couldn't. The it song really, was not no, work? the song was not on there. Nobody could find anything. People wrote to the producers of the show, and I believe one person got the response back that the guy that picked the music for the show moved had moved on, but nobody knew who did this song. Oh my gosh. And I was obsessed with this song. And I watched this like three years ago. So it was only like three, four years that I've been obsessed with this. But there were people that were obsessed with this song when it came out in 2003. So they've been obsessed since yeah. 2003. You had a much harder time finding it back then. Yeah. And nobody could find anything. Lyrics, like I said, all lyric searches would do was would it be bring up. Was a female singing? No, it was male singing. Male, all people okay. could do would find, just find other people writing in Felicity message boards, writing in IMDb. Does anybody know who does this it song? It wasn't in the credits at the no, end of the episode? No, nobody knew who did this song. That's weird. So Usually this, they put the, this all drove me crazy because I would constantly be singing this part of the song. We walked alone outside the park and talked about your shoes. Uh, and then I went on, you don't even know me. I don't even know you. And that was all you could really hear for the song. So that's all anybody knew. 
so people were obsessed with this. I was obsessed with it. I would find myself singing this at work, just this little section of the song. Mm-hmm. There was never anything about it. Every couple months I would go, I would type in Google the lyrics and nothing. And then last year I typed it in again and a song popped up on YouTube that had never been there before. Hmm. So I was like, no, this can't be. And I clicked on the song and I literally screamed when it was the first (laughs) notes of the song. Really? So what happened is the singer of the song is a guy named Evan Olsen. Okay. So Evan Olsen had a song come out in the early 2000s called So Much Better. Okay. That got a little bit of radio play. And then he was gone. Like nobody, it it was gone. And... Like two years ago, a podcast came out and people got to talking that some people remembered this song so vividly, but nobody could find, this isn't my song, this is a different song, this is a song so much better, that this podcast got a band to come in, compiled what everybody remembered from the song, and this band did the song that everybody remembered. (laughs) And Evan Olsen apparently found out about this and he's like, that's my song. Weird. So then he, I think he went on the podcast and and his song all of a sudden, he didn't have stuff on YouTube and all of a sudden his stuff all popped up on YouTube. Hmm. So people were like, oh my God, that's so much better was actually a song that they remembered it and they thought it was a Mandela effect because nobody could find this song. So then with him putting this so much better song on, he also put on right or wrong which is the song that we were all looking for from Mm -hmm. felicity so i wrote on there what did i what did i write i wrote mine it pops up first because uh you wrote it because i wrote it but it says uh hang on here i said oh my god i've been looking for this song ever since i heard it on felicity i can't believe it exists thank you so much i can die happy (laughs) and then i said edit after happily pushing the replay button well over a dozen times the whole song is even more perfect than i had always hoped it would be you're amazing and then he wrote back to me and he said thank you with the prayer sign oh that's cool so it's just so cool that like i found this song that had been driving me nuts and it's cool that he responded to me so it's like a personal thing now kind Mm -hmm. of but my first song pick because of that and i know i mentioned the episode is the song right or wrong by evan olsen my long lost felicity song it sounds (laughs) like a song from a teen drama from the early 2000s okay but there's something about like the guitar at the beginning and those first lines that I love this song. Just absolutely love this song. And we love the people that have been looking for this song since 2003 are so happy that there's closure to it yeah, now, I guess. Yeah. So my first song is Right or Wrong by Evan Olsen. And my second song, this one is weird because I believe this song came out in the mid-2000s. And I was around, or it came out in 2006. And I was around at that time, and I had never heard this song. You were around? Yeah, I was around. <laughs> you were alive, And I yes. was into music, but I never remember hearing this song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, judging from, like, the comments on YouTube, like, everybody's like, I loved this song back in the day. I loved this song back in the day. One person, some of the YouTube comments are, uh, the first one is, this song slaps when you're three drinks deep at emo night. <laughs> <laughs> This other one says, to this day, I still play this song whenever I have friends over and I'm grilling out. This is an awesome song. Another one said, uh, welcome to everyone's MySpace page in 2006. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) And I love this song. And this is one of those songs. I heard this song like for the first time two years ago when I was looking at a YouTube channel called Emo Songs That You Forgot About. And so many people remember this song and I don't. And I love this song. 
and it gets stuck in my head constantly now. I find myself singing it now. And it is the song Beating Heart Baby by Head Automatica. The singer yeah. was apparently Doesn't ring a bell. The singer was a, the singer for a band called Glassjaw that was kind of like a punk band. Okay. But it is like a pop punk emo kind of song called Beating Heart Baby and I love this song. It's like it gets stuck in my head. It's one of my favorite songs to sing along with when I'm driving. This guy does these weird vocal tick things, hmm. like breath, breathing, not not breathing in and out, you know, but he does these weird breath things in the okay. song. And like, I love this song. It's on my, it's on my car flash drive that I listen to and I'm always singing. It's a happy song and I love it. And I don't remember it at all from the <laughs> early 2000s, but it is the song Beating Heart Baby by Head Automatica. I'll post both those videos in the group for you guys to listen to. Sweet. And that's what I got. You got anything to recommend? Um, Did you see that they they canceled session or session eight? What was? Oh, um, uh, archive. Yeah, YouTube or Netflix did not renew it for a second uh, season. I haven't finished it yet. I'm close to oh, the end. They did not renew it. I'm still going through Alias. Um, I we just watched. <laughs> we binged on Netflix pieces of her. It's a really good. It, um. Tony Collette is like the main yeah, character. Yep. I really like her. Although she scarred me in heredity. Uh, I, I never just, saw heredity. Oh, and I know I need to. I don't uh, know. I've been going <laughs> that through. That movie traumatized me I in have many been ways. Binge, I have been binging Alias. Um, Logan actually messaged me because Logan is like hardcore into spy stuff. Like our last mm-hmm. episode about Anna, my my Russian girl Chapman. Anna, Anna Chapman yeah. and the spies and stuff. So she messaged me and we've been talking back and forth about that. So I'm glad people like the... The Anna Chapman slash mm-hmm. Sleeper Cell slash The Americans episode. Yeah, yeah. Pieces of Her is really good though. It's just a limited series um, on Netflix, and it, it's one of those where you're trying to figure out through the, almost the whole thing what's happening, and you don't really learn until the end what what's happening. But it's really good. Highly recommend it. I also binged the fifth season that just came out of Last Kingdom because that was so good, and I'm watching Vikings Valhalla now. I don't know what I'm going to watch next. After I finish Alias, I'm on like the halfway through the fifth season. But I think that's all we got. What time is it? How much? How much? An hour and 48 minutes. I, for a little bonus for you people that listen to the end, I am going to do one of our Glimmerman stories that we didn't get to oh, okay. in the last Glimmerman episode. Cool. This one comes from the website Phantoms and Monsters. It says, quote, I'm writing to you from North Dakota, and I was intrigued when I saw the term Glimmerman on your website. I had a similar encounter two years ago in the area called Kimball Bottoms, or as the locals call it, the desert. Anyway, I was down there at a drum circle they were having, and I don't know if it was the drumming that attracted this thing or what. Hmm. I was facing the water and banks of the Missouri River, and it still being light outside around 7 p.m. in summer, I could still see everything clearly. I thought I saw a heat signature on the opposite bank, like heat rising off a hot parking lot in the summer. This stood out to me as I'd been staring at that area. Anyway, zoning out, as I went into an almost trance-like state due to the drumming, I started seeing this thing move. I stopped drumming, and I walked over to the edge of the bank. The more I watched it, the more I realized that this heat signature looked like it had arms and legs, and it was swaying to the drumming still going on behind me. Oh, that's weird. My friend came up to me, asked me what I was looking at, and as I pointed it out to her, other people from the circle started to notice that we were pointing and staring at something across the river. More people stopped drumming and joined us on the bank. Some could see what we were seeing, and others couldn't. Eventually, nobody was drumming anymore, and this glimmer man had stopped swaying and was watching us watch him. 
More than one person had mentioned that it looked like the invisible yet visible alien from the movie Predator. It was after maybe three minutes of watching this invisible being, many people did try taking pictures and videos, but nothing showed up, only to not see anything when reviewing the images on their phones. Not surprising when you are trying to photograph a nearly invisible heat signature looking thing, which I get. Mm -hmm. At one point, we could see as this thing moved back into the tall reeds, and we were surprised as the reeds parted. Those who didn't see the being did see the reeds part as it moved away. A few of us sat there for a good hour waiting to see if this thing would come back out, but we didn't see anything. However, many people freaked themselves out by talking about what this entity could be. Was it lurking in the water, walking along the shore, hiding in the trees, etc.? I have to agree, they all had viable points. It was a very surreal encounter, and it only deepened my beliefs on things existing in the folds of what we call reality. It's always interesting to hear a story where multiple people yeah, witness something. Yeah, yeah, and even the people that didn't see it saw the reeds open like something went through it. But mm-hmm. I love the idea that this thing was swaying to the drum circle. Yeah, he, he was <laughs> vibing. Vibe. Glimmer Man was totally vibing to that. <laughs> I just thought that was an interesting story, and that yeah. was one we didn't get to in the Glimmer Man episode. But I love the idea... You know, that almost leads it more to being a creature than being a military dude in camouflage. <laughs> unless you, never you know, know he just, man. Unless he dropped some E and he was just yeah, really right? getting into it. I don't know. He was doing some acid. But that's a, I just think that's a really interesting Glimmer Man story. Yeah. So I, like I think it. that's it for today. Let's do a joke. Do a joke. I'll do the deets. You can email us at thestrangesessions at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Strange Session without the final S. We are on Instagram at The Strange Sessions, where Krista does an amazing job. You can send us postcards and snail mail to The Strange Sessions, P.O. Box 434, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, 54221-0434. And you can call our lonely little phone line at 920-443-9602. What did the robber say when he stole from the bookstore? What? I better book it out of here. Oof, that's bad. It is bad. Not as bad as a pickle joke, though. No, pickle joke book is still at home because that's what I brought the stickers in. I'm fine with that. You're fine with it being at home. Terrible, anyway. I think that's it. Anything else we got to say to our lovely listeners? Um, We love you. We do love you. Especially you that stick around to the very end, bitter end of the episode. Yeah, because we know some people A lot of people shut it off as soon as we stop talking about the topic. We're fine with that. Yeah, we're okay with that. We're okay if, you know. We just know you're not a true stranger. I'm just kidding. That's right. (laughs) I don't think I would stick around if I'm being really honest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think I would give, I'd listen to this podcast once and I'd be like, hacks. These fools be whack. Noobs. Yeah, noobs. So anyway, (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening. Now we are going to jump onto our special edition of the side sessions, which is an interesting topic. I'm excited. We're we're just going to say that. April Fool's Day is coming up. Sweet. So from Krista and I, here down in the strange cellar until next time we love you guys and as always oh krista started this started the s a little early me off. i threw you off on purpose so <laughs> until next time stay, stay strange, strange.